This is TJ Diller, and you are listening to The Questing Culinarian. I recently got a chance to sit down with Lauren King, and he was able to tell me about his adventures and exploits in Japan. I asked him some things about the uh, food over there, and uh, we got a really good um, conversation going on about that, as well as the kind of uh, culture over there as well. Uh, It was really interesting to hear about all that stuff, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. So go ahead and give it a listen. And uh, I'll be back after the episode and do some recap. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is TJ Diller, and I am in a basement with my nephew, Lauren King. And hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing him because he has traveled. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about food and travel and how they uh, co-mingle uh, very closely. And... So he went to, and I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him say where he went to, and then we'll kind of have a conversation from there. So, Lauren, why don't you tell us? Yeah, I've had the chance to travel a little bit. Uh, TJ didn't mention it, but I am only 22 years old, so traveled from the perspective of a student, which can also be another interesting view, I'd say. And oh, I think for, sure. for this one, we're talking about Japan. Yes, been a few other places, but Japan is the the big one, and the big one we get to talk about. And I think it's actually where I've spent the most time overall as well. I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm jealous, number one, that you went to Japan. Just, <laughs> just for the fear, fear, uh, sheer fact of going to Japan. Mm-hmm. My dad was actually in the Navy, and he was stationed over there for X amount of time And when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, Japan has usually played a presence in my life is just because of, like, <laughs> of, of when I grew up. I mean, we had, I've, I've been subjected to um, Karate subjected. Kid... You've well, subjective. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I've 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 had the opportunity <laughs> to to experience uh, culture. I've had the not culture. You know what I mean. The yeah, Karate Kid, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghost I, in the Shell. We've yeah, talked about things along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it's it's there's so much that comes out of that um, that country that I I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, and I want to. Con- I, I I would love to go over there. Anyways, I'm kind of taking over, but yeah, go ahead. You were, you went no. to Japan. How long did you go there? That's fine. Well, and I, I just have to say, you might love the culture, but spoiler for the rest of the episode, I think the food is probably the best part, at least for me. Yeah, I love Japanese culture too, but the food is. <laughs> well, and level. we'll get there because I'm really, I really want to, I really want to jump yes. into that as like as its own segment. So, um, go, two, go ahead. So I was there for just under two weeks. I think it ended up being about nine and a half days. Okay. And uh, it was actually supposed to be 12 days, but uh, we had a little bit of an issue in that a mild tsunami was coming in. Oh, that was then. So, so when no, was it? No, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. No, okay. this, was, this was much smaller. This was okay. a relatively normal. <laughs> as tsunamis go. As right, tsunamis right. go, it was relatively normal. It was actually a really funny story with how we found out there was one coming. But okay. We can, we can either delve into that now or we can get into it Well, why don't, you, why don't we, um, when, when did you go? So I went in, uh, i got to think back, I'm going to completely forget now. I went in either late September or early October, or from late September to early October in 2018. So I would have been in college still at that point. Okay. 
and I actually went on a college trip. I went uh, representing Michigan State University's College of Agriculture. And the reason I got to go is there's a College of Agriculture over there, uh, the Tokyo Agriculture College, as it's mm-hmm. called. And uh, they have a relationship with the U.S., and specifically with Michigan State. And so you get to go over for a conference, you get to present, and you get to spend some time exploring Japan and specifically their agriculture, which, of course, is very important for food. And so a yeah. lot comes out of that. That's um, awesome. We got to visit some pretty cool places. Uh, not, a, not a ton. I'm very focused on business, but enough that I got a good idea of what was going on. How many, uh, how, how many places did you go to, uh, roughly? Roughly? When I say places, I mean, like, you, you were obviously in Tokyo. I mean... Yes. Um, did you go to, you know, any little towns or other cities or, like... We did... What did that look like? So we did go outside of Tokyo. Uh, I think it was either a little town or it would have been, like, a suburb, but it was a good distance away, mm-hmm. uh, which is where we spent the majority of our, our tour time, so okay. to speak. And uh, that that little area is was r- largely rural, agricultural... We actually went to a farm that had been in operation for, I think they said, like, nine generations. Oh, man. So I'm pretty sure that that farm has been operating longer than the United States has been a country. Right? So th- that's a, to me, I find that very amazing because our country is young. But you have you visit this farm uh-huh. where it's potentially older. older than what the United States is, well over. Well, and the methodology they were using for their planting. It was a very small farm, too, I should mm-hmm. step back. It was probably... What we would we would say is like five acres, maybe. Okay. Uh, their methods for production were of maybe their first generation of owning the farm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of their highlight is that they, they produce with oxen that have uh, basically a plow that they hook up to sure. them. So they plow it up with oxen and then they pick everything by hand. Very old world. They don't they don't treat it with anything at all. I don't yeah. even know that they use manure on it. And oh, it, wow. it was more of a, a showcase farm. Although they did sell their produce uh, in a lot of places, they had some good partnerships uh but that was that was really the big driver behind it is that (laughs) they've been operating unchanged for so many years so this this place that you went to that you saw this if you were to liken it to a place here in 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 the u.s or even maybe in michigan where we're at here now could you could you liken it to any place as far as like the population and the the, the size of this town slash city that you went to yeah, we didn't really get to see the city as much because we were focused on the businesses and the farms sure, around sure. it. Uh, I guess the, the best comparison would be like a small Amish community of okay. sorts, which ties in with the way they were producing goods there. But they did not, uh, we didn't really see that in terms of population. Okay. It was very wide open. Um, sure. <clears throat> it almost looked like Iowa. Okay. A little bit. Flattened. A uh, little bit flatter. There yeah. was maybe a little bit more moisture there. So it would have been like Iowa, but with Michigan's trees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Michigan is definitely a, a um. Uh, <laughs> has a lot of foliage. Yeah, it's got the the. I mean, where we live, uh, it's it's a very kind of a kind of a boggy area, honestly, mm-hmm. when it when it comes down to it. But a little bit. So a little and, bit and, of that. There. Yeah, and the, yeah. So, and and what were they? What were they primarily doing? Yams. Yams. They okay. were growing yams. That was the big selling point for the farm and it's actually uh, if I can step back a little bit earlier in the tour we'd gone to this recycling center that was nearby and it was really cool they recycle like 98% of everything that comes into the building oh wow concrete they, they make wood chippings and they actually are, were so sustainable that 90% of their land was covered by trees okay uh, and they had this nature preserve presentation area for students and so what would happen is that those students would need meals 
And so they developed a partnership with this local farm. Mm-hmm. And so when we ate our meals, we actually didn't realize it, but we were eating the farm's goods, that farm and then some others in the area. Yams were, were the main So this was course. very locally sourced. Very, very locally sourced, which was kind of the point. Yeah. So we ate this delicious boxed meal. I forget what the, the little boxes are called um, in Japan now, the, the boxing style of eating. But uh, bento? Yeah, bento boxes. Yeah, bento boxes. So it was bento yeah, yeah. boxes. Uh, and then they they were like, oh, so what you just ate, we're going to go visit the farm where they grew the yams. And I think they had grown something else that was in there, too, maybe like cabbage or something sure. along those lines. That's awesome. And so they were actually funded by partnerships with this recycling company and by others. Wow. Yeah. My jealousy increases. <laughs> well, we got to meet the farmer. We got to meet the oxen. Stand out there. We actually, I actually did a little bit of a soil did test. You, did you get their names? Uh, I have them written down somewhere. <laughs> the, the oxen? <laughs> oh, the oxen? <laughs> That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I didn't know. No, I think there were names for the oxen. I mean, I, yeah. They, they probably didn't have uh, <laughs> names like, you know. Bob and Bob and Stan or whatever like mm-hmm. that. It was probably very uh, uh, Japanese-oriented. Very Japanese-oriented. Yeah, yeah. that, that was a really good time, though. It was very instructional. Mm-hmm. And it's always good to cover where the food's coming from uh, sure. as you get to eat it. Yeah. That's not something that I would say that you could probably do here readily. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, so, all right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and, and we can kind of come back to this. Um, but let's, let's go ahead and talk about the food. All right. What uh, you you probably had a, a slew of things. A, a veritable smorgasbord, you could say. Yeah. Um, first of all, why don't we do this? What was your favorite? Ramen. The ramen. There okay. is nothing that compares to ramen, yeah. and I I like to associate stories with with my uh, food, so to speak, or with yeah. my, my experiences when I travel. And so I'm gonna do what you would might consider the quintessential goal for going to Tokyo. Okay. So. Your jealousy is about to increase. Uh, it's, I mean, exponentially. It's just it keeps increasing. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was only a few of us from the U.S. there, okay. and we didn't get to spend a lot of time just pursuing our, you know, desires as tourists. Right. And so my uh, my group leader, so there's myself, another student, and then a group leader. Mm-hmm. Um, she came to us and she was like, "Hey, you know, we only we only get a few chances to do this kind of thing. Let's go out and have dinner somewhere else. We're gonna we're gonna get away from the group and we're gonna go out on our own and kind of explore Tokyo." And she actually. Uh, Spoke some Japanese. She had experienced the country before, and that helped us a lot, obviously, because the oh, sure. two students we had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's raining. I mean, it's classic Tokyo. It's drizzling. It's dark. There's neon signs everywhere. I'm I'm, I'm in Ghost in the Shell right now. Yes, as, there, as there's buses that. going by. You've got people yeah. and um, you've got people with their umbrellas. They're walking by, and then there's all these beautiful, warm-looking restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And you're just looking down the street, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in like a, a Ghibli film almost. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were we actually wandered a ways away from the campus just to kind of get experiences along the lines of the shops and sure. to get away from the more touristy areas. And so we yeah. we come across uh, this this little street we were on. There's a, a ramen restaurant in it, and we're like, well, we're starving at this point. I think it was like eight or nine o'clock at night. Their and time. So, their time. So you're probably your stomach. Is I mean, way I was off. already double starving at, at that point. At, at 20 years old, and I'm 22, yeah. so it's not that far off. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I for sure. Was very, very hungry all the time, and so of course I'm like, we gotta get in there. I gotta go eat, please, for goodness sakes, let me eat. And so we go in, and we're, we're checking through the menu, and if it, I mean, it's an all Japanese menu, which actually hadn't been something I'd experienced yet mm-hmm. uh, to that point. So thankful for the pictures, but also thankful for the experience of getting to order that way because we ended up ordering in Japanese nice. our, our uh, guide or our, our coach or leader she, she coached us on what to say mm-hmm. and so I got classic ramen mm-hmm. just a little chicken in it some spinach 
egg on top. Nice. How was the egg done? Let me ask you. Um, soft boiled? Yeah, it was just a soft boiled nice. egg. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Better soft boiled eggs than I've ever had in my life. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I think the, if if there's anything that the Japanese strive for, it is the not perfection. It, I think that would be a, an incorrect term, but like to do whatever you're doing the very best way that you could ever have done it ever. And I think that describes the meal mm-hmm. really as we we started eating. I got this this massive bowl of ramen. Oh jeez. It was just huge, and it was there was so much noodle in there. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be full when I finished it up. But we were all eating. I think we all had a different kind of ramen. And so we slurped through it. And, I mean, I slurped at the end. I was like, I want to prove that this which is, is the honestly, best. Yeah, which honestly is, is the polite thing to do it is. when eating it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I slurped, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have even gone beyond polite at that point. So <laughs> <laughs> the chef is like, oh, this guy's way too polite. Let's, yeah, well, got to cut him off. And we could see the chef, right? Because yeah, yeah, he, they're was, right there, right? It was a very, yeah, it was a very uh, mm-hmm. long and thin mm-hmm. store with just basically a countertop that we could sit at. Yeah. And so he'd see him right in front of us. There was, I think, some condiments that we could use, um, which we didn't have any use for because we were having ramen at that point. You're, you're, you were having a, a, a purest moment, if you will. A purest moment. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's drizzling outside. Yeah. We're inside a warm, nice, small Japanese restaurant. Yeah. Slurping ramen, like ultimate goals. And it, it continued on because we, we finished it up and we, we thanked the chef in, in Japanese and we paid for it. We each got probably more food than I've had at many restaurants in the mm-hmm. U.S., I think it was fifteen dollars. Like I think it was five dollars a bowl. For I mean, yeah, the best ramen that I have ever eaten in yeah. my life, and for probably the best experience I had in country. Just wow, that distilled purity. Of, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's it's a tourist view, right? Like there's a lot of points you would value more being a citizen. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe not. You, I would say that you had an experience that you probably won't be able to replicate here no. in America, no. just because. Uh, I mean, anything that comes through is is done through that filter. Yes. And I, we just finished it up, and I got done, and I, I wasn't super full. I was just perfectly content. Yep. It was warm. I was ready to go outside into the rain. It, the rain, thankfully, kind of finished up for us to get back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. as we were getting back, the thing that broke my reverie is that when we got to uh, to the agriculture college, we found out that there was a... There was, why am I blinking on this? So there was a, a limit for how late the, the, the guys could be out. So they had split up at the girls and the guys. And uh, the other student, she was female, and she went to the female dorm. And there was no, uh, what, what are you, curfew. There was no curfew okay. for the female students. However, for the male students, you all had to be back by about 10 o'clock. And were you past the curfew? Oh, we, were, we I think we got back at like eleven thirty at night okay. time because we so spent you more weren't time you weren't you, yeah you weren't a couple minutes late you were well Very past about, like, okay. and of course I don't have any contact info because all the other students are from other countries sure sure and so we ended up going through security and we, they contacted I think the dean of the college who got a oh, hold wow. of the the student leaders who were supposed to be helping us out um, that was. I mean, that kind of broke it away, but it was its own fun in its own way. Sure. It was its, its other uh, Was anybody been out of shape, or student. was it... No, they weren't okay. worried about it. They knew we were gone. We'd actually informed them. Right, okay. The doors just locked automatically. On it the, was just, a, just the, the fact of trying to go through those hurdles and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and that was something that was for the college students. It wasn't for the, the conference, per sure, se. Sure. It was okay. just the way that the, it was the system locked down. Yeah. <laughs> the fun part, too, was that we all the male students shared a room. It was a Japanese style, mm-hmm. um, I mean, and they called it like a traditional Japanese room. Sure. No beds, uh, raised up. Sure. So you yeah. took off your shoes, you would step out, and there was like a bamboo weave. The, we the each had a tatami bed mats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think there was two power outlets in the whole room for, oh, wow. 
14 of us. <laughs> <laughs> very very bones. minimalist, is it? Very, very yeah. minimalist. Uh, and so I got to sleep on, a, I mean, a bamboo mat on top of a bamboo woven floor mm-hmm. when we had slippers. Was, was it comfortable? Oh, it was very comfortable. I was out. I, uh, I think I embarrassed the rest of the male students because I always went to bed early and then got up. Early? Uh, yeah, I went to bed early and got up early. On, I wasn't the earliest, I don't think, but I was pretty close. And so they would always go and have fun or, or stay up. Yeah, and yeah. They didn't adapt maybe because of the time change. Sure. But I'm sure I was snoring. Just I was completely <laughs> out, just in the corner, like... <laughs> um, go, going back to this restaurant, what was the atmosphere like? Was it was it uh, one of, of of quiet, or was it uh, a, you know? What, tell me about the atmosphere in this restaurant that you went. Well, we've talked about lo-fi. I mean, you and I yeah, both yeah, have yeah, a passion yeah. for lo-fi, and I would yeah. say it was it was lo-fi. But if you were to take the the sound of lo-fi and couple it with the feeling of like a dumpling, okay, like eating a steamed dumpling, it was sure. like a steamy atmosphere, like a warm and steamy atmosphere. <laughs> Which, uh, do you remember the name of this place? Because I, it's going to no. be on my bucket list to like for you to take. Me I don't even know if it had a name to be honest. I mean, it, I'm, that's it even better. Did, but that's even better. <laughs> no idea. It's probably just like magical ramen trap. It's like the the, the room of requirement or something lines. like that. It's the restaurant of requirement. All I remember is that it was relatively close to a a large hotel. That, <laughs> okay. Our leader was staying at. Gotcha. So that that sounds like a, a really good time, and uh, mm-hmm. again, you you called it. My jealousy does increase. Um, what were some of the the more unique things that you ate? Some of the things you're like, ooh, I I'm gonna have to psych myself up for this one. There was a couple. There, there's three main ones that come to mind. Although there's a lot more things I ate there that I didn't expect, mm-hmm. both good and bad. Um, I'll start with a good one first. So sure. so mochi, or mochi, hmm? um, yeah, rice paper wrapped ice cream. Sure. Just available at the convenience store on the campus. I think we ate it every day for like five days as our dessert. It was, I think it was like 50 cents or a dollar. So, so good. Really? Just vanilla ice cream wrapped in rice paper. Hmm. Absolutely delicious. It's hard to get here. I think somebody said that you can get it at Whole Foods. Sure. Uh, maybe the same brand, but hasn't caught on. And I honestly don't understand why, because it was just about the perfect dessert. I, 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 you probably can find it in some of these bigger metropolitan areas. Probably, probably. like LA or... Probably, um, yeah. Some so that was incredible. Cities. There was a there was a green tea version too, which which oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a you'd expect and b was phenomenal. I mean, I don't know if I've ever eaten ice cream that had such a subtle flavor to it, mm-hmm. but yet still be good. It was still really good. Yeah. It was the it was the perfect midday snack. I probably gained like a good two or three pounds just off the motion alone. <laughs> <laughs> it probably did. So that was a, a good one. Mm-hmm. For me, it was breaking a lot of boundaries, even eating most Japanese foods. So mm-hmm. ramen, I'm a big fan of because of how savory it is. I yeah. really love savory foods. Kimchi was a, yeah, was a different one. I I didn't even I don't think I've ever heard of kimchi before I went, and really? I actually liked it. I mean, I like cabbage. Yeah. Um, I don't like fermented foods at all, and so I had to psych myself up really, and I was like. I can do this. I so did I, you eat kimchi like all by itself? Did you like have a spoonful of it or like wh- what was six? Okay, it's, but you just ate it just straight up kimchi. Like there was nothing with it, or was it like how was it prepared? Uh, I think I just ate it straight up. I don't know if I was doing it right to be honest. Cause yeah. I think it came in another bento box style, mm-hmm. and I I don't know. I, I didn't quite know all of the best ways to that was that was my yeah eat things. That was my first uh, experience with kimchi. I didn't go to Japan for it. Um, and, and it has its origins elsewhere, but like, um, I just opened up a jar and I don't know if I had, if I put it in with stir fry, I can't remember, mm-hmm. but it's, 
it's uh, it's very horseradishy. It's spicy, at least the, the the kind that I had. And I think by by tradition, kimchi is supposed to be spicy. It's it's basically spicy uh, fermented cabbage. Yes. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed it. I think I'd eat it again. Uh, it was it was almost like biting into a horseradish or a piece of horseradish with ketchup on top or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, because there's a, that uh, like it's basically chili sauce. Yeah. Some sort of chili. And I think it. there was different kinds, too. Sure. Um, I just, I think I had basic kimchi. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it enough. It was good for me to get past my, my comfort zone with that. Sure. The one that I couldn't handle was the salted plum. Salted plum. Salted plum. It was the most horrible thing that I have <laughs> ever eaten in my life. We got a... Go ahead. What was it? No, no. I'm thinking... I'm, I'm, plums are... Uh, they're a strange fruit all to begin with, but they're they're very popular over in Japan in the sense that yes. that's like one of their, and I'm not an agricultural uh, expert, but like they're over there. I mean, that's one of their, their big saw, crops. We saw a lot of things involving plums, but not not like this. And okay. I I did not know what it was. Uh, we got a, a boxed lunch. Okay, so tell me how it was prepared. Like what I mean, it, I'll be know. honest. I don't know how it was prepared because it came pre-done we okay. just all got these box meals we went out to different parts of campus and sat down and opened it up and it was in its own section it was okay. about the size of a marble okay which was a lot smaller maybe than i was expecting yeah that, had, that does seem had small. like a, a reddish bronze okay. tinge to it so was it a piece of plum or was it like no it wasn't it was a complete fruit it was almost like it was picked early like very very oh, early oh okay all right um which would become obvious a few minutes later because somebody mentioned what it was they're like oh it's a salted plum and so I ate everything else, and I was like, oh, it's a plum, so I'll have it for dessert. Sure. And so I bit into it, and it was more like, oh, it's a piece of salt. <laughs> like, there is no plum in this. This is, make, this is burning my tongue. This is so painful. Imagine a marble-sized piece of food that is so powerful that you can't eat more than a quarter of it. And then you've got the salted plum because it was like, it was like drinking lime extract <laughs> and salt together. Oh, 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 man, this makes me cough. It was it made me cough right there. It was So there's so I I I'm so there was no plum or there was plum. There was plum. It tasted like there wasn't plum. It it did not taste like plum to me at all. I did not eat it all. I was like I will I will never touch this again. This is horrifying. I, I want to like look this up because I want to like I just want to know what it uh I mean, I, I imagine like um I, I think about wasabi Mm-hmm. And what wasabi is? That's Japanese horseradish. It's green, and it's some of the most powerful stuff that you can have, right? And I had wasabi so, too, right? We'll and and, and usually they give you like just a just a pinch. Well, not mm-hmm. a pinch. I want to say like probably a marble size. And to me, like I would think, okay, this is small. This means <laughs> big things come in small packages. <laughs> so like you, nobody gave you heads up as to what what to expect in this. No, which is kind of a crying shame. Well, because and, then maybe you could have it a different experience and, and maybe have a, have a different view on it. Different judgment, maybe, maybe uh, not so favorable, but it's still. Um, so it was a plum, which is, I, I'm just imagining like a little bit of salt sprinkled on it. it. It doesn't sound like that, though. I don't really know what they did to it to make it taste like they did. I would try it again. I mean, so I said in the moment that I'll never eat this again. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't realistically say that about anything ever. However, it was... Quite impactful, I would say. And it yeah. did serve well as a dessert because I didn't want to eat anything afterwards, for sure. And it might have been uh, on purpose. The other students might have not said anything on purpose. 
to you know, yeah, get the, yeah, yeah, the were, Americans to yeah to prank do it on something. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, funny like, for that's them. like the Japanese candy corn. Nobody likes candy. I, I don't like candy corn, so therefore I project that everybody doesn't like candy corn. And they're like, oh, look at they're, the American. He's gonna eat uh, the salted plum. Like, and nobody eats the salted plum. Maybe, but they tricked you into it or whatever. It was uh, so that was a that was probably the the low point for food um, in terms of enjoyment. Although. See, I mean, I'm saying, I'm happy like, they have it. It was just very different. I didn't. I not no frame of reference for it sure. at all. And, and I think you honestly, and in, in my opinion, I think you were done kind of a disservice because if if and the pretense of you going over there was not for to experience the food no. in such a way of like um, how I would want to. In the sense, you were over there for uh, the food was just primarily in in a uh, secondary sense. Yeah. Um, so you weren't giving any kind of uh, frame of reference, context, history, any kind of cultural, uh, you know, information on this on this uh, this poor salted plum. <laughs> yeah. So maybe uh, maybe you and I get together and we um, I don't know we make we try to make salted plums. Make salted plums. I don't know if I'd be uh, able to replicate it fully, but I can sure tell you what it tastes like because it's the the flavor that is most imprinted on my brain. Tell me, okay, then what, I mean, like, I know you described that, but, like, just say it one more time as far as, like, what would you liken it to again? So, it was, it was kind of like lime in that it made your mouth pucker. Okay. Um, and salt, I mean, it was very salty. It's sure. in the name, so you kind of expect that. But it also has the, uh, the, the flavor of a plum in, in the background, so it was, like, more after you swallowed, it was, like, the aftertaste. You would get okay. a little bit of plum there. I'm like, hmm, this salt has a little bit of plum flavor. Oh, this, this is very interesting. <laughs> I mean, for all I know, it could have been a block of See, salt. See, I was, I was thinking of something raw that you were going to say. Um, did you have any kind of... Uh, raw food? Like, raw food, like sushi oh. or anything like that? Oh, I did. Okay. Sushi uh, was great. Yeah. And I, I want to preface talking about sushi because we, we had it a few times. Mm-hmm. I do not, or I did not handle fish well. I was not really a big fan of fish before I went to Japan. Okay. A lot of Japanese food that we had, at least, was based around fish. Sure. And so I, I needed it's, to it's adapt a, quickly. And I'm yeah, very much a meat eater. It was a great, uh, I mean, that's that was that's some of their best things. I, I mean, as, as far as the culture goes, fishing is huge. Yes. And uh, it was, I mean, and su- sushi, of course, involves a lot of fish as sure. well. Yeah. And so, as a meat eater, I was like, I either will go vegetarian, which <laughs> I would struggle with immensely, yeah, or I, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the fish. I'm just gonna yeah, do it. You gotta, you gotta. And it actually happens. I think it was our first night in mm-hmm. Japan. Uh, we had a guide from the college who's a college student, and mm-hmm. we hadn't eaten anything for a while. We just gotten off the plane and been around for a few hours, and so we're like, "What can we go eat?" And he he recommended a restaurant. He's gonna take us there. It was a sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a sushi restaurant in such a way that it had conveyor belts and everything next to the tables. So when you would order, there was a screen, and you could order your plates. And then the plates would be delivered out from the kitchen all along this conveyor belt, and they would stop near your table. And Well, they wouldn't even stop. I don't think they just kept going. But you would grab what you were looking for off of it. So, so, so Japan. <laughs> that's right. That's what it was. So there was two conveyor belts, actually. There was one where you could grab whatever you wanted randomly. Uh-huh. And then there was one that would deliver the food nice. that you wanted, uh, that you would order. To, and it had a different container for it. So sure. you knew it was yours. <clears throat> and so we got deep into to sushi world. Yeah. And 
like, no, we did because we had... No, it just reminded me when you said Sushi World. I'm like, of all things, to, like, for me, I just said Sea World in my head. So, like, <laughs> which is a live fish You get to go arena. jump on, a, or you get to go play around with the Sushi Rolls, you know, pet the dolphin, pet the Sushi Roll. I actually... Uh, I before, to, <laughs> uh, before and after... No, go ahead. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. That, they can build it next to Sea World. Yeah. I actually have to go back. Um, my story was, was messed up. My, my timeline was messed up, I should say. Oh, this right. wasn't the first night. Uh, it was a few nights later because we had all the other, or a lot of the other students with us, mm-hmm. okay. which was part of the experience of what made it so good is that a lot of us were experiencing real sushi for the first time. Uh, but other than that, the, the restaurant was all the same and everything. And so the, the guides we had with us... Uh, they were helping, there was some at each table, and they were kind of helping the students order what was most authentic. Okay. Uh, there was a few things each of us wanted to try, and then there were things like they recommended, so they made sure we had wasabi. So for the, for this particular scenario, you did have, in essence, a food guide yes. to help you, like, okay, this is, this is regional, this is authentic, you're not going to get this, this isn't some place where you're going to get this over uh, my, at a gas station, uh-huh. you know, okay, all right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. and... And so they, they, when they started us off, too, they started us off, or they talked at least about the California sushi roll, which sure. they, they, made, they made pretty much fun of us for. Sure, yeah. Like, that's, oh, that's you, the, you yeah, guys the, want the California sushi roll with yeah. the avocado? <laughs> yeah, the very American version of sushi. And then yeah, yeah. we were, of course, like, no, we want to, we real stuff. We, yeah. we, can, we can handle I did not this. come to Japan to have a California roll. Thank you very much. I admitted they did have a California roll. Sure. It was very, very good. Um, <laughs> they did it better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was kind of a, a trend with a lot of the food. Sure. <laughs> I bet. Which fair? I mean, they did the, the sushi. You makes it makes sense that it's better in Japan. Yeah, I hope uh, so. That makes the the yeah. one piece of sushi that really stood out to me though, uh, and we had several. I think we probably had like eleven different kinds of sushi by the end of it. The one that really got me was the raw tuna. And so yeah. this gets back to the raw piece. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Well, we could do tuna, but it's raw. Are you sure you want to try it?" And for some reason, I was like, "You know, I'll try it." Uh, Fish thing, I already told you, don't like fish. Yeah. Raw fish, obviously, you know, it's like... Yeah, that's a step up. It's a pure form of the, the fish that I you don't can't, like. You can't get any more, like... <laughs> and so... Yeah. We ordered it, or uh-huh. they ordered it for us, and uh, it got there. We each had a piece, I think, both... Uh, I think both do you, Americans... Do you recall what kind of tuna it was? Is it, like, this... The, the popular tuna that's... Um, I can't remember. The it was just a strip of uh-huh. tuna, and you can't see this because of yeah. the podcast, but it's just... A strip of tuna mm-hmm. on top of some um, some rice. rice. Yeah, and what what color was this? Tuna? It, was, it, it was was red, right? Like a deep, deep, deep red. Deep red. Yep. And I yeah, I just cannot think of the name of it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And so it comes, and they're like, "You got to have it, but you got to have wasabi on it too." And I hadn't oh. even had the wasabi at this point because I'll be honest. Like, but you know what wasabi is? Like, you're I not you're not a stranger is. to wasabi. That's why I hadn't had any yet. <laughs> right. It's it's an it's an American culture as far as like. Uh, I mean, in cars too. Like, I mean, that's what yeah, I was yeah, thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the the very <laughs> idea. Like, I do not want to be mater. Yeah, yeah. In this. Yeah. And the worst part is that I just about did because I had that wasabi, and I've had. I How think, much did you put on? I didn't. I barely put any. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's I, th- I put smaller than the recommended dosage, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh! But then I I ate it with the tuna, uh-huh. and that was the first time I think I've had fish, where I was like, man. This is really good, mm-hmm. and I still reacted did, did to. Did you it. did you have a rat, ratatouille moment where the where the with this rat where he eats this combination or whatever, and you see his mind just like lose space and time and everything? Just, was just that like about, that for you? It was yeah? just about oh, like man. that. And I think the wasabi built on that too. Yeah, that yeah, helped yeah. It out for sure. Uh, and since then, I've had more 
almost raw tuna, uh, and Dad actually makes a really good tuna sandwich. I wasn't able to finish it, so I still have my struggles with fish. I'm not sure. built up yet, but that was probably the turning point for my entire ability to eat it was was this raw I tuna. Would, I would say, I mean, if you're going to, I mean, that's like somebody who's scared of flying, jumping into a, a jumbo jet and say, I'm going to fly this thing. Mm-hmm. That's, I would say that's the equivalent of, and uh, good job on you. I, I, would, <laughs> I would probably have to have an experience like that in order to do it. I've had this American sushi, whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, the California roll and all that stuff like that. And I might have had eel or whatever on some of these sushis, but I don't know if I've had the tuna. Um, but I mean, I recommend it if you ever get the chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some other weird fish, too. I don't quite remember what they were. Um, there were some dishes that were so bizarre but that the, the Japanese students were like, we, you probably shouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get they're cautioning, yeah. They're <laughs> Yeah, you're 101. Let's not. Yeah, let's yeah. We'll, c- come back. We'll 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 give you the 202 or the 303. Let's yeah. Later. It's we yeah. had some fried stuff and we had some sure. crab, of course. And the, I ordered a hamburger one too because I was really curious about beef. I mean, sure. I thrive on beef. Right. What kind of what kind it of It was not. It was not a uh, Wagyu? Wagyu beef. Okay. No. I actually didn't have any Wagyu beef there. We didn't really have a chance. It's probably like like super rare, you know? Yeah, well that yeah, they probably don't. They're not going to put that just in any restaurant. Probably. The only place that served Wagyu beef was the uh the university's dinner that the students were invited to. Was yeah. <laughs> the adults. And so <laughs> the we, elite. we got pictures and they're yeah, like, hey, guess what we had? Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. don't get any. And we're like, oh, dang it. Oh, well. I've had Wagyu since then. But it was weird. So, so they sent it out and it was very similar to the tuna in that it was a piece of rice or a, so a, a forming of rice and then mm. there was burger on top. Wait. I'm confused. You ordered... It's tuna. We ordered sushi, but they had a hamburger version of it. Okay. And so, <laughs> okay. Hamburger, I, I use the term loosely. It was not what we would consider American hamburger, sure. as I was to find out when I bit into it. Okay. So I picked it up with my chopsticks. I'm like, all right, this is my arena. Like, we got beef. I, yeah, I know what, what's going on. This here. is a Midwest man eating mm-hmm. Midwest product. Beef with gravy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I know what I'm going to eat. No. <laughs> oh, boy. No. This beef had the, the texture and consistency of sausage. Okay. We're talking like kielbasa, like when it when it, Okay, when so it's it's, it's uh, not a casing. Coarse? It didn't have a casing. It, it's like squishy. Sure. Okay. Or it, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It it was formed. It didn't have a casing on the outside or anything like that. But it was like it was squishy. It was all formed together. It was all melded together on the sure. inside. Interesting. Uh, it, it wasn't as tough, I guess, in a, in the same way that we would consider our hamburger. And it, it's hard to say that with hamburger, but yeah, I know what you mean though. It, it was like sausage. So it was it was tender. It was very tender. It how, had how was no it? flavor. <laughs> how was it cooked? It was or com- cooked at all? It was cooked well. Okay. It was cooked well. Then they had gravy on top that kind of influenced just beef gravy, from <laughs> what I can tell. <laughs> it's just like, let's, like, it's Iowa sushi at this point. It me, was like. basically, I, well, it wasn't because any Iowa individual who, like, eats meat would have <laughs> eaten that hamburger and they would have been like, this isn't hamburger. Yeah. This isn't beef at all. Like, what, Meat what is this? crossed with uh, sushi. That's weird. And so it was so different to me that I, it was so uh, out of reference and uh-huh. that I was kind of shocked when I ate it. I was like, whoa. Wait a minute. I was almost more shocked than the tuna, to be honest, because I kind of <laughs> knew what I was getting into. I was like, this is completely flipped on its head. And I think it was good, too, especially with the gravy in there. But Did- it was it was neither sushi in that it was... Japanese, nor yeah. was it beef in that it was Midwest American. So it's like their take on like let's see how yeah. we can adapt. 
adapt to, it to, into yeah. a sushi um, yeah, mentality. Sushi. Yeah. I'd definitely eat it again. It was it would be great as an appetizer, I'd sure. say. Yeah. And it was almost designed that way, I, I okay. would imagine. It was almost like a starter course. It would probably would be paired with a California which, roll for, which, for I mean, American. Like, that's, I mean, if you think, uh, sushi isn't a... I mean, these are bite-sized little things. Yes. And, and it was only <coughs> two of them that came, and they were yeah. the same size as basically all the other sushi pieces that we got that how, how much sushi, uh, somewhat, did you have before you were like, oh, I'm full? Because, like, I mean, sushi can get away from you. You I know what I mean? I was full. I don't think I ever even got full that night. Uh, so how much sushi did you... I forgot. You were 20 years old. You're, you're a young kid, and you're just like... <laughs> well, and, and what we did, too, is we, we kind of shared across plates because okay. uh, they wanted us to try everything. And sure, so sure, sure. We, we split the bill and all that. And uh, first off, thanks to MSU for giving us a little bit of a stipend so we were able to experience get those us, meals yeah. and, like, actually experience them. Uh, but it was also divided up in such a way that you weren't like going to be filling. Like I think all of us hit the. Uh, it was more of a tasting machines. After yeah, that. It, was, it was. It was more of a tasting. You you were experiencing yeah. the culture. Uh, and experiencing rep- it yeah, with, yeah. with different people too. I mean, we sure. had we had representatives from Russia, from uh, oh, wow. from Sri Lanka, from China, mm-hmm. uh, from the Netherlands, from Britain, from Australia. Those those are just the ones off the top of my head. I think there was twenty or, or so countries represented. So let me ask you a question. Do you think? What was more, I, I, I know the answer to this question. What was more meaningful to you as an experience um, getting these bento boxes where you just went off to the campus and had it, you know, presumably by yourself, or this ramen shop? I mean, there's, there, there's, there's a connection. You were, I, I feel like that you're with people and, and there's this, um, oh, yeah. the, the humanity that's Placement. taking place, yeah, that uh, that you're experiencing through these restaurants. And, and, I mean, you had an experience with your bento box and your salted plum, mm-hmm. but, like, there was no, um, there was no uh, human connection, as you will, uh, you know, like you said with the sushi. You guys were sharing. You were, there was this uh, conversations and experience and memories taking place. So, um, do you... Do you I, I, this is rhetorical. You probably had a better time with those experiences than, you know, saying, like, I'm going to go out and wander and, and all that. Yeah, I, I mean, I valued them both. I think sure. they were both integral to the experience. Mm-hmm. I have learned about this idea called placemaking, where basically the place around you influences the sure. way you experience education, eating, you know, things along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want to dismiss the solitary experiences, though, because that was also another side of, of Tokyo and, and of eating. Even just seeing individuals eating on their own, like a, a sandwich or a small bowl of ramen, or or a which like which is kind of, which is kind of common in in Japan in the sense of like that's a solitude is not uncommon or even frowned upon. Yes, excuse me. We so actually uh, this isn't food related, but we had a very solitude focused experience uh, in the middle of Tokyo. We went to like a forest. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a few times we were in Tokyo where we were surrounded by greenery and such that you couldn't see the city wow. or hear it. And in this forest was a, was a Buddhist temple. Nice. And uh, I'm not Buddhist. Right. However, the, the solitude of the place influenced everybody there. And, and we're talking a forest of trees that are so tall like that mm-hmm. you, you can't barely see the sky, even though they didn't have as many leaves on them as maybe a, like a typical oak or whatever. Right. Uh, and so you're walking through this place that's just overwhelming you in size. I mean, the path... The mm-hmm. path was as wide as, as like a highway. Well, and I'm and I'm sure that that forest forest is it was probably taken care of. Oh, in yes. the sense of 
to the to the Japanese standards of how they approach most things with an artistic very, point of very view. Very maintained. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't find be- a single I mean, small weed between. Oh yeah, the, the I'm sure that was very good. So I mean, I, I can understand like you're like, oh, I'm that Buddhist, but there was such a reverence because of the the um, amount of care that went into that. Mm-hmm. That does um, evoke a certain amount of a respect Aww. and and b uh, just the amount of reverence for what you're seeing and the craftsman that went into that. I mean, awe was really the term that, that I felt, or, or and reverence to, for sure. We found the temple eventually. There was no food involved at this point. This well, was actually a small visit we made right before we went to the airport. Okay. Uh, but it tied in in that, in that value of solitude that we did see around the city that, and around the country as a whole, where people would go off on their own and, and eat alone, or, mm-hmm. the, or they would talk alone, or they would work on something alone. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, I'm going to bring it back to food here, with a small experience I had that I'd almost forgotten to this point. Uh, We already talked about how I I went to bed earlier and got up earlier than everybody. Mm -hmm. And the the way that this conference was approached is that you had lunch on your own, or breakfast on your own. You had breakfast on your own. Okay. And the the female leader and the female student, they would kind of do their own thing. Uh, They they got their food somewhere else, or they would go with somebody. And I was usually the only male awake in the male dorms. And so I had to get breakfast, and I was very hungry anyways. And so what I ended up doing is I wandered around this, we're in this very quiet part of Tokyo. I mean, uh, what you'd think of when you think of college, quiet streets, you know, professors, houses, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. What you'd think of maybe extending beyond the, the college, the bars and the Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the party and, and like an American point of view, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so um, the outskirts of a college almost. Mm-hmm. And one area in it was this, this small gas station slash convenience store. Mm-hmm. And it was really the only food that I could find for for all over the place and had low internet access it wasn't really something that I could search on like Yelp or whatever to find a yeah, meal yeah. as easily there were you could do it but it was just more difficult mm-hmm. and so randomly uh, on a whim I went to this this convenience store slash gas station for looking for breakfast mm-hmm. I was like this is my maybe second day and I'm like I, I don't know what I'm going to do so I'm, I'm just going to go look and as I was getting there I saw some something weird and that there was a a small truck that was being unloaded by a man, and it looked like he was unloading food. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he was unloading food. <laughs> he had these small plastic containers, and I was like, well, I wonder what those are. And so I, I got into the store, and I uh, looked around, and I found the food. And what it was is it was, it was like meals. It was like breakfast meals. Oh, wow, okay. So they, and I say breakfast loosely, uh, like fried chicken and mm-hmm. some noodles and, and some uh, veggies. Okay. And... I was like, well, that looks really good. I'm going to try that. You know, I'm, I'm expecting gas station food. I've, I've been or in enough gas stations getting food yeah, for yeah, trips yeah, and everything. Yeah. I'm like, this is <laughs> probably going to be horrible. But yeah, it was you, very the, cheap. It was like $3. Oh, okay. $3 American. And, of course, it was converted into... To what, yen? I think... Was it yen? I, I don't remember. Either way, it was, it yeah. was converted to Either Japanese yeah. currency. And so I, I got it, and I went off on my own, and I found a bench, actually, on campus, sat mm-hmm. down... Lots of greenery everywhere. It's kind of a misty morning. There was no one else around. And mm-hmm. I started eating it, and it was sublime. <laughs> it was. It, it was. You had a Buddhist transcendent moment, did you? I had a transcendent <laughs> moment of fried chicken in Japan. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. I just sat there and was like, oh, this is so good. I, I mean, I, I want to say it that I was loud, but I wasn't loud because it was 
very solitary. And yeah. the only noise around me was that the, the local sports team for the college was, like, working on their... <laughs> It was like tennis or something a long ways away. So that was the only backup I had. I'm in this like plaza with, mm. with trees everywhere and buildings surrounding me. And I'm just eating noodles and fried chicken. I'm like, man, this is, this is fantastic. I'm going back tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I'm going back tomorrow. It's decided. That's where I'm, this is where I'm <laughs> going to have breakfast. I had breakfast there like seven days. <laughs> and I tried, out, I tried new things. So they had these, these warmers that had rolls in them. Or not rolls, like dumplings in them. Sure, sure dumplings that would be filled with like pork or with beef mm-hmm. or with uh, bean paste mm-hmm. I tried them all bean paste uh, mm-hmm. known as natto don't know okay I went by myself so I had I had to speak in Japanese to the clerks I mm-hmm. had to figure it all out and I didn't yeah. do a very good job but I was able to pay and get the food and I'd go through and I'd see you know s- school kids that would kind of walk on the streets and go to class or go to their sports early in the morning because this was like 6 a.m mm-hmm. uh, Japan time I would say and I would see this, this truck come back and refill the food. And what I figured out is that this is all fresh, like so far beyond fresh in our definition. Like yeah. it's being prepared probably like, hours before. I was going to say, yeah, they were probably... And delivered. And that's why part of the reason it tasted so good. Yeah. And while I don't think that fried chicken for breakfast is, is the recommend, <laughs> it certainly was great for me. And the dumplings were great. It all was fantastic. And I never paid more than $3 for breakfast. Do you, think the, do you think the owners were like, that guy got fried chicken and just like shook their heads? Oh, like... they had to be so confused. <laughs> and I never got anything like a coffee or anything like that. I'd yeah. just get a water and some fried chicken. And I'd go find a great spot to sit Good for you. somewhere. And it was very solitary. It was very peaceful. It was very reflective, which helped because of the, the hectic nature of what parts were... of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even talk about going to like the club. Yeah, and experiences along those lines. I mean, yeah, you you had you had uh, a whirlwind experience. I mean, you whirlwind. were there for nine nine days. I mean, I, yeah, it just sounds like you were you. Uh, and we had presentations, and and it wasn't yeah. just that we were dealing with Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was mixing with Russian culture. And, yeah, um, Vietnam. Yeah, we, we, a student from Vietnam, and that sounds like. I mean, I'm jealous, <clears throat> through and through. I don't really think that I have a. I mean, it was just expansive. Expansive is is a great word to think about, both mentally and and physically in terms of for food, even spiritually. Honestly, yeah. I I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Would you go back? <laughs> I was prepared to go for the Olympics. Like I was 100. Oh, yeah. I didn't have a ticket or anything, but I sure. was like, you know what? I'm gonna go. And that was actually something that we learned while we were there in 2018 is that they were already preparing for the Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just have to say that I have a story about. Oh, I, I have one more story that we have to cover before we end this, too. Okay. It's food-related. But I have a story that I'm not going to talk about on this because it's not very food-related and it would take okay. too long to get through. Okay. But essentially, let's say that my life was saved by the fact that the subway system was partially in English. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of all the international travel, I would I Yeah, would they were preparing they were... for the Olympics, so they yeah, were converting yeah. the subways over to English, both oh, wow. English-speaking and English-written language on the walls. Oh, cool. And so... My life wasn't saved, say, like I wasn't dying or anything. No, no, no. I was However, like, yeah, yeah. It was a very useful thing to have access. It was a very good experience to have access to. Yeah. Okay, one more, at least one more story, though. Yeah, go for it. I have to talk about the radish dance. The radish dance? The radish dance. Uh, it wasn't a food that I ever got to eat. However, it was a very food-related item. Okay. And uh, so I'll set the scene for you. We're in... Japan. We're finishing up. It's our last night. We had like a celebration dinner. We had lots of sushi. Okay. Uh, we, they, I mean, you could just pick it from anywhere. But they also had like sandwiches. They tried to meet everybody's interests. Sure, sure. So we all ate up and we're very excited. And there's uh, 
university officials there from all over the world, so very professional people. We had a lot of conversations. Uh, and as we're finishing up, we're winding down, they're like, we have to do something to honor you, all of you who are here, all you students. We're going to give you a presentation of the radish dance. I've never heard of a radish dance. And I, uh, I believe it was a radish dance. I, I hope I'm not mixing up the vegetable, but it was That's fine. Yeah. very similar. And so what the way they explained it to us was that in parts of Asia, there is a cultural significance to radishes and universities. Okay. And to, to education, to higher education. Okay. And so they developed over time. Well, dance is very essential to universities, and you know you think about your cheerleading teams. You think sure. about okay, yeah, that makes promotion. sense. It's, yeah. it's a very similar idea, even if yeah, it wasn't yeah. sports related. It was yeah. very hoorah, rah rah. You yeah. Know, this is our fight song. Pep, so pep to speak, rally but, and and. And it, it yeah. might have even been agriculture university related because of the radish. Thing. Sure. Yeah. So we we step out into this courtyard. It's completely dark around us. They bring out these these lights so that we can see, and you, we've got probably a hundred people out here just mm-hmm. in a semicircle. And we see these students come out in, in what I would call, I don't want to say official, but maybe like official university dancing gear or mm-hmm. uniforms almost. Yeah. And they, they have a drummer, and then they have two performers. And so the, the drummer starts drumming, and we're like, oh, I wonder what this is. You know, he's, he's drumming. This is great. The two performers start dancing. And we're like, you know, this is fun, kind of what you expect. I know cheerleading and, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I've been to a football game. But they bring out a box of radishes. Okay. White radishes. So we're talking a radish that is about maybe 18 inches long. Okay. And uh, there's green roots at the top and then white underneath. Mm-hmm. And they start almost juggling them. They're swinging them around. They're, they're flipping with them. They're very integrated into the dance. And I'm yeah. talking a dance that's probably 20 minutes long. I actually had videos of it somewhere. And they're, they're performing, and they're like, you know, the radish is pretty sacred to us. It might have had something to do with the research that went behind developing this type of radish. Sure. Either way, it was awesome. It was great. Everybody's getting into it. We're getting near the end of the night, and we're like, oh, this is, this is a fantastic way to wind down. And so they finish up, and they're, uh, they're walking around. The performers are, and they're like, all right, who wants a radish? Looking at all the students. <laughs> How do you say no? What do you do with a 18-inch radish? Like, what are you possibly <laughs> going to do with it? Hey, just cook it up, eat it like a sub. Cook it up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And so I was Ooh. like, I'm not going to eat a radish anymore. What am I doing? You're going to insult them. <laughs> well, told, no, right? they, they, were, they were just handing them out to everybody, and there was okay. a lot of people there. Yeah. And then the other people from MSU walked up behind me. I don't know why they ganged up on me, but they're like, Uh-oh. hey, Lauren, you should go get a radish. Oh, boy. And by should, we mean you're going to go get a radish. <laughs> and so they, like, pushed me out of the crowd. I think I was second or third person that actually ended up getting one. And they're like, go, go, go. You need to go get a radish. And so I walk up, and I'm like, I can't have a radish. Like, <laughs> I don't really know what to do here. Very, yeah. Like, and like, I, what's very go- I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Sheepishly and asked for a radish. Sheepishly asked for a radish. And he's like, sure, of course you can have a radish. So he gives me this, this massive thing. I mean, yeah. This thing is a beast. Yeah. And so... Then he just went off, and so a few people got him, and I walked around with a radish for like a day and a half after that. Did you name said radish? Nope. It was just a radish. He, I had my backpack with me, and I, and the <laughs> side pocket of it, there was a, uh, a section that was designed for your water bottle, and so <laughs> I put the... Did you put a face on it? 
I'm nope. just like of a very Wilson he had hair, thing. Though, because he yeah, had... yeah, yeah. Like that's I'm imagining like Wilson at this point, like so from we... like Castaway. He basically was. I mean, I didn't talk to him. Really because, <laughs> but like I put him in the pocket of it, and we actually ended up talking more than that. We went back into the main room. You talk, so, you talk to this radish. And but, so we're just walking around, and I've got a radish, and, like, we're posing for pictures, and we've got, like, the radish <laughs> hanging in there. And I'm like, this is, this is great. And then I put, <laughs> put it in my backpack, forget about it, walk across Tokyo, walk through the Buddhist forest, everything, just got a radish sitting in my bag. and Did it make it home? It was great. Or did it end up spoiling? Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on a podcast, but I'm going to. Okay. I didn't want to throw away the radish. I became very connected to it. <laughs> I had a. But you still have no name for said radish. Well, you got to think. This was a day and a half. I was very tired. I mean, I was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. thrown off by time zones. I didn't even know what I was. I mean, I'd never seen a. a you were so like delirious this. that your that your best friend at this moment is a white radish. Just about. <laughs> yeah. It became my anchor, my connection point. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna throw this radish away. Sure. The one that you didn't want in the first place. I'm gonna go through security and security will throw it away at the airport oh no <laughs> i'm like well they're gonna yeah, they're yeah, just yeah, gonna yeah, take it, it out and they're gonna throw it away yeah you're not gonna get beyond customs do you have any fruits or vegetables uh is is one of those questions right yeah go ahead <laughs> i um it, it wasn't actually a question so we had gone shopping before that and we got some goods i'd gotten some things for family and friends uh-huh. back home and so like for my for my brother and sister i got some stuff uh-huh. and so we're going through customs and this Japanese security guard looks down, and he, he opens my bag. And I'd actually put the radish inside the bag at this point. Did you forget about storage. it? Or, or this, I knew it was there. Okay, I was okay, like, this okay. is the moment. You know, yeah. They'll dispose of the radish. I don't have to. No blood on your hands. No blood on my hands. Yeah. No, no radish clippings anywhere. <laughs> he opens the bag. He's looking around. He's like, oh, you have a radish. I'm like, yes, this is it. I, I am a free man. I'm going to be free of Goes him. past it. <laughs> 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 he doesn't, like... Barely even questions that I have a radish. Yeah. Finds a little throwing star I'd bought at a at a store for my sister. A, a and little, they tackled a, you. A toy. He's like, I have to take this. Unfortunately, you can't have it on the plane. I have to, yeah, yeah. You have we have to destroy this thing. It's not, you know, you understand. You understand. I'm like, you could have hidden the radish and been a, fine. This was a trinket. <laughs> like this was a toy that was just I bought from a street vendor. Yeah. You're gonna let me walk through with a radish? Yeah. So at this point, it was a game. <laughs> How far can the radish make it? Where, uh, where did it go? Did it come home? Oh, it went into my apartment. You still have it? No, it got th- so my roommate threw it away eventually. It sat on my on my uh, counter for like a week. Uh huh. And uh, it started to like it. It, it, get nasty. it shrunk. It was pretty gross. I never. It wasn't used to the American climate. And so I still didn't have any blood on my hands. Somebody else <laughs> threw it away for me. But it just stayed in the bag all the way. Nice. Everybody looked at it, and I assume it was because it was. A food that had been picked. It wasn't... I don't know what, what the deal was for it. Yeah. And it got thrown away eventually. I mean, nothing ever happened with it. But it, I, I called myself, like, Han Solo a little bit. Because, you know, I had, I had spice. I had some... <laughs> so, I... let, let, let me ask this final question. If you can name it now, and, and it's death, to give it... Uh, so it could go off to, you know, be ushered off into white reddish heaven. What would you give its name? Or maybe you already have a name, and, and but if if you don't, that's fine. But Radisson. Radisson. All right. <laughs> he opened up some hotel chains. That's, yep. That's, yeah, he could Radisson. be a mascot for yeah, a hotel yeah, chain yeah, yeah. too. Radisson the white radish. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, so that was my radish. Yeah, segment. Lauren, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, Anytime. I uh, I want you to make me a promise that next time you go to uh, Japan, you are going to smuggle me. However, <laughs> you can. I have that talent. No? <laughs> I will dress up like a white radish if I need to. <laughs> and um, yeah, get me in there. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, anyways, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully do uh, do this again sometime because I know you got more stories about more places. Yeah, for so. sure. We got to talk about South Africa. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. Got to um, talk about Bill Tong. Yeah. Um, this has been T.J. Diller, and I was interviewing, or am, I guess he's still here, uh, Lauren King and his Japanese adventures. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, there you have it. That was Lauren's adventures in Japan. Um, Tell you the truth, I, uh, I I really wanted to go to Japan for quite a while, and now I, I want to go even more. So um, there was one uh, story that didn't make the recording. It, uh, it, it, he actually blogged about it, and um, the, the title of the blog was called "Last Train to Kyoto." And I asked him. I said, "Hey, that you know, do you think I could use that for the title of this this episode? It sounds really great. I love it." And yeah, he told me yeah. So that's the the reason for the name of the episode, Last Train to Kyoto. So there you go. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, more episodes to come. Uh, there will actually be another episode with Lauren coming up, and then there was another episode of uh, somebody else that I interviewed, and I've been kind of trying to toy it around with, um, I don't know, trying to get that done. So uh, expect some more episodes in the future. All right, thanks. <laughs>